All right, good evening. So today's daf is daf Lamed Zayin, page 37 in the Heilige Meseches Nedarim. And we are up to Rav Omar Sechar Shimur. All right, so if you look at daf Lamed Zayin, Omar Aleph, and we are about eight lines from the top of the Omud. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe seven lines. From the top of the Omud, you'll see Rav Omar Sechar Shimur. Now let's explain What's happening over here is we're, middle, we're, we're actually in, a, in the middle of a fascinating sugi, a fascinating topic, discussing when a person is permitted to charge for teaching Torah. Our Mishnah had said that if somebody forbids themselves to benefit from somebody else, it's still permitted to learn medrash, agada, halacha, but it's forbidden to learn uh, verses from the Torah. Okay? Now, what we left off with is the reason why we know the reason why it would be permitted to learn Medrash, Agada, and Halacha is because Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, when he taught Medrash, Halacha, and Agada, he did a Bechinam, he did a free of charge. So too, when you teach over all the Torah, Shebek, Sav, it must be free of charge. So the Gemara says, but what about verses? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't get, didn't get paid for Psukim. So again, why is it that our Mishnah, when you're forbidden to benefit from somebody, why is it that our Mishnah allows to benefit the learning of uh, Medrash, Agada, and Halacha, but forbids, uh, forbids, uh, forbids Mikra, because we're considering Mikra to be a real financial benefit as opposed to everything else. And we want to know, why is it a financial benefit? You're not allowed to charge for anything. So this is what we're explaining. Rav Omar Rav says like this, Schar Shimor. You know what we're dealing with over here? When we say it's forbidden to teach verses in the Torah, we're dealing with schar shimur. The Rebbe is getting paid, we'll call it, for classroom management. For taking care of the class. That's what the Rebbe is being paid for. Now, one of the reasons why, interestingly... One of the reasons given as to why, I mean, we just quoted Psukim in the Torah, Maish Rabbeinu didn't, uh, didn't charge, so we can't charge. But we know that the Torah belongs to all of Klal Yisrael. Every Yid owns the Torah. That's one of the reasons why a person is not allowed to charge for teaching Torah. I can't charge you for teaching you your Torah. If it was yours, if it's mine, if it's the Rebbe's, that you want to charge, Basit. But Torah belongs to everybody. Who are you to withhold a Dvar Torah, a Limud, something to teach. It, it belongs to the student. It's not yours to hold on to. What are you doing? All right? But Rav says, listen, the reason why there's financial benefit when it comes to teaching Chumash, that if, it's for, if you make yourself forbidden to benefit, you can't learn Chumash from that person, is because of the, he's being paid the financial value of classroom management. Rabbi Yechelen Amar, Rabbi Yechelen says, Schar Pisuk Ta'amim. Actually, what you're being paid for, and this is beautiful, the Rebbe's being paid for teaching the trup of the verses. Now, this is something that's quite unique to us living in the United States. Nowadays, in a lot of the Jewish day schools across America, I can't speak for other countries, but across America, the, you know, it's, Vayomer uh, Hashem and Hashem said, we're not quote, using the cantillations, we're not using the trup, as we call it. In Eretz Yisrael, very often they do. And there's a lot of very deep and important meanings to to trup, if you understand what trup does, what the cantillations do, you can really start to understand what the pasuk saying. When you know where the when you know where the pause is, 
when you know, you know, what, where there's a ravi, so on, you know, uh, munach ravi, so on and so forth. There's a lot of important meanings to the trump. Now, these, that, that's not part of Torah. That was all added by the Rabbanon later on. At least that's what we're going to assume right now. There's going to be a different opinion, but right now the Gemara is assuming that our Rebbe, even though he's not allowed to t- charge for actual Torah teaching, can charge for spending time teaching the tune of the words of Torah. Says the Gemara, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, if somebody's forbidden to benefit, the Rebbe cannot teach him Chumash. If you're going to tell me that the reason why your Rebbe is allowed to take payment is to teach him the the Pisuk Ta'amim, that's why uh, you're, not, you're no longer allowed to teach him. Why? Because when you teach the trup, when you teach the cantillations, you're allowed to charge for this. If I'm allowed to charge for it, that means you can't benefit from me because you're receiving financial benefit. And if, you're, if you made a vow forbidding benefit, you cannot learn cantillations. But according to the opinion that the only time a Rebbe is permitted to take payment for Chumash, for Mikra, is for classroom management, ask the Gemara a very basic question. Gadol bar Shimorhu is an adult included in classroom management? Let's explain. It's a very basic question. Our Mishnah that we learned stated that if somebody has a vow forbidding benefit, anybody, even an adult, you're not allowed to learn Chumash from him. Now, why? Because there's a financial benefit. Whereas now, explain the Gemara. What's the financial benefit? Because a Rebbe who teaches little kids has classroom management. Ask the Gemara, so what? But a Rebbe teaching an adult, is there classroom management? Now I'll share with you a quick mice, a quick story um, to, uh, to, you know, c- clarify what's happening here. With my father, Zechariah Levracha, when uh, one of the meetings um, that took place for the base medrash, my father ran the high school. And there was something that was going on in the base medrash. And this is not Hasom knocking anything or anybody. This is a reality to who we are. And um, my my father gave his opinion on what should be, you know, uh, of, he gave his opinion about a a um, specific, um, call it a, a rule that he felt that they should place in the base medrash, in the post-high school program. And one of the rabbeim in the post-high school program said to my father, he said, Rabbi Tendler, that you could place these rules on high school kids. But once they're post-high school, you have to treat them like adults. So my father responded, the only difference between the boys in my program and the boys in the older program is that the boys in my program are little babies and the boys in your program are big babies. Now he wasn't chas knocking a program or boys. We're all babies. That was his point. We all have Yetzirahs. We all have, this was about a specific rule about what to allow in a yeshiva. We all have things that we put up with. And sometimes we all have our shtiklach, our own toys that we slept with us as we get older. And just because we're older is not an excuse to, to uh, expose ourselves to something that ultimately is, uh, is incorrect. So, but despite that, the reason why we're mentioning that is because despite the fact that the MS is, the truth is we're all big babies in, <laughs> as far as there's a Yetzirahara and, uh, and doing our best around it. There's no classroom management on adults. No classroom, there's, there's, no, there's no management. So the Gemara is asking, why would it be forbidden for an adult 
who's forbidden to benefit to learn from a Rebbe Chumash. There's really no financial gain. Answers the Gemara, Bikaton Katani. Our Mishnah is dealing specifically with a Katan. Says the Gemara, one second. If our home is done with a Katan, with a minor, and only then it's going to be forbidden to learn Mikra, Bikaton, um, look at the end of the Mishnah. Then the Mishnah says, You're allowed to teach the children, you're allowed to tutor the kids. The kids of who? The Katan? The, you're allowed to tutor the children of the nine year old? Who's forbidden to benefit? Does a nine-year-old, ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old boy have kids? No. It must be that our mission is not dealing with a cotton. And if our mission is not dealing with a minor, rather we're dealing with a godo. So what's this? What, what's the whole idea over here of forbidding benefit from learning chomish? Uh, There's no financial value. Answers the Gemara: Chsurei Mechzer Really, there's some missing parts that need to be filled in, and this is what our Mishnah means. If, a, if there's a vow forbidding benefit, you're not allowed to teach him chumish if he is a katan. But let's say the person who's forbidden to benefit is a gadol, then there's no issue. You could teach him chumish, you could teach anybody chumish. So, right now, what the Gemara is saying is very basic. Our Mishnah says, if you're forbidden to benefit, if you make a vow forbidding benefit, you can still learn Mishnah, uh, you can still learn uh, Halacha, Agada, Medrash, but you cannot learn Mikra. That's not true by Agada. By Agada you could learn, and you could learn everything from this Rebbe. Because no Rebbe is ever going to charge, so you're not receiving anything from this Rebbe more than you could get anywhere else. So it would be permitted. When do we say that when somebody who's forbidden to benefit cannot learn Chumash from a Rebbe? When that person is a Katan. When the one who's forbidden to benefit is a Katan, so then there's real financial value and he cannot learn Chumash from that Rebbe. Says the Gemara, Mesvei, they ask a challenging question. Tinaikas laikarim betchila b'shabavavos Ey, tinaikas, these young children who are starting to learn how to read, starting to learn how to learn Torah, they're not allowed to read Bitchila, which means a new concept or a new book, B'Shabbos on Shabbos. Okay? Ella Shainen Berishan. But you're allowed to review it, Berishan, for the first time. Meaning, a child should not learn brand new information on Shabbos, but once he learns it, even though it's his first time reviewing it, he could review it on Shabbos, there's no problem. Now, this needs clarification. Why can't you learn something new on Shabbos? Here we go. If you're going to say that the reason why a Rebbe is allowed to take payment is for Pesach Tomim to teach him the trup, to teach the cantillations, that's why you can't do that You know why? Because the Rebbe is now going to be getting paid for his activity on Shabbos. You're not allowed to take payment for your work on Shabbos. So the first time they're learning it from the Rebbe, it's Asr because he's going to get paid. Elman Damar's Harshimur, but according to the opinion, who says that a Rebbe gets paid for the babysitting, for the classroom management, why would it be that they can't learn for the first time on Shabbos? See, there's, I'll, I'll preface what we're going to ask. There's a halacha that once you get paid during the week, you can swallow up 
the payment of Shabbos into everything else. So either way, there's going to be Shimur of Shabbos. So, you know, uh, it's going to be Osir. Now, the, the swallowing part we're going to get to, where the schar, the payment of Shabbos will, uh, is, is swallowed up. I kind of jumped the gun over here a step. But uh, the Gemara responds, Ultamech, according to your question, schar pisuk b'Shabbos mi Osir, is payment, taking payment on Shabbos for teaching the Trump, taka going to be Osir? We'll say, havlo'ehi vavlo mishrashari. That payment for teaching the Trump on Shabbos uh, can be swallowed up into the payment for the Rebbe who taught Trup on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that's permitted to take payment for that on Shabbos. You're not going to take payment for something directly for your work on Shabbos, but let's say I work for a shul the whole week. So any any uh, payment that's coming in, I work for a school, I work for a yeshiva, I work for an organization seven days a week. I so what about Shabbos? The payment is all swallowed up into the weekday payment. It's not considered. Uh, uh, a separate payment for Shabbos. Now it has to be explained like that in a contract. It has to be clear that it's an overall compensation. You're not being paid separately for the Shabbos work. Now how do we know such a thing is permitted? The Tanya. Because we learned in Ebrisa. If somebody hires a worker. Lishmar To watch a child. Meaning you hire a babysitter. Lishmar esapara. Or you hire somebody to watch your cow. Lishmar esazroim. Or you hire somebody to watch your zra'im, to watch your plantings. You hire somebody to do cow sitting. Yeah, he took care of your cow. Or to take care of your, your uh, zra'im, your new plantings. Ain't nice and like Shabbos. You're not allowed to pay him at all for Shabbos. So what should you do? The fikach, therefore, here's the Yetzah, top of Ahmed Bey's, im of du, ain't You should know if something goes wrong with the baby, with the cow, with the thing. However, let's say you have this person hired every day of the week, the entire week, or every day of the month, or every, the whole year. So then, you could actually pay them with this concept that we just mentioned called you swallow up the Shabbos payment into the weekday payments. And therefore, even if something were to happen on Shabbos, this babysitter, this cow sitter, this uh, uh, you know planting sitter, <laughs> the the person who's supposed to watch all your your plantings is going to be chayev on Shabbos. The Gemara is asking, you know, if you're going to tell me that the reason why students in a yeshiva should not learn new information from a rebbe on Shabbos is because it's going to be considered payment of Shabbos, it's not true. If this rebbe is teaching them every day of the week, let them learn something new on Shabbos. I, it's payment. No, it's going to be havla. It's going to be swallowed up into the rest of the payments. It's a good kasha, right? It's a, it's a good response. Like, why don't you? Why don't you make it work that way? Answers the Gemara. Ella, rather, Gabi Shabbos. When it comes to Shabbos, why did we say that young children should not learn something for the first time? It's not about. Teaching the Rebbe. That, it's not about paying the Rebbe. That's not the issue. The reason is the Yifnu Avusain. We want the parents to be available. The Yanuke of this child. The mitzvah of their mitzvah of Shabbos. You hear this? You know why kids don't go to school on Shabbos? You know why they don't belong in school on Shabbos? Because that's a time that their parents are meant to spend with them. 
The reason why his children shouldn't be going and learning new information on Shabbos is because we don't want there to be school on Shabbos. They belong at home with their parents with some warm food, a good cookie, a hug and a kiss. They don't belong, they don't belong out of the house. So we say they can't learn anything new for the first time on Shabbos. Or if you want, another possible approach to this is why shouldn't a school child learn new Torah on Shabbos? Because on, on Shabbos, what do people do? They eat, they drink, the yakir aleyoin alma. And, um, and uh, people, it, it, it's, this is Gishmak. They're part of the kahila. Imagine a kahila without children. Imagine a kahila without children. Let's say these children are all busy learning more Tyra, learning new Tyra, and being involved in their school and this. The kids are going to be running around, they're going to be eating, they're going to be drinking, there's going to be coming together as a kahila. Kedomar Shmuel, Shinoi Vest, Tchilas, Chayle, Me'ayim. To change around the normal approach, the normal happening when it comes to eating habits and sleep and uh, drinking habits and so on and so forth, ultimately leads to um, uh, can lead to uh, illness, and this applies both to the child themselves and it applies to a community as well. Right? It's important that the same way the adults are busy and involved in all the mitzvahs of Shabbos, the children are doing that as well. It's the wrong time to be. Uh, putting a child into a situation where they're expected to learn new tariff. To hazard, to review, that's easier stuff. That's fine. That's not, that doesn't take up headspace. That's, every yid's always involved in tariff. That's fine. But to learn something new for the first time, you know, they, they, they're meant to be out and about in the community, eating and drinking in the, in the proper time. It's good for the kehillah, both physically and spiritually. In classic Gemara fashion, the Gemara now is going to try to understand the Machlaikas as to why we don't, um, as to uh, why there's a Machlaikas about what a Rebbe takes payment for. Remember, we had a dispute. Does a Rebbe take payment for the classroom management? Or does a Rebbe take payment for teaching the truck? Because he can't charge for the tire itself. That we learned from the Pasa. But he's going to charge, so he had a machlekes. Either he charged for truck or he charged for the management. Ask the Gemara, Laman the Amar Schar Pisuk Tomim, according to the opinion that a Rebbe gets paid for teaching the truck, my time with the Amar Schar Shimur, what, what problem does he have with the other logic? That the Rebbe should get paid for classroom management. Well, well, does he have an issue with that? Says the Gemara, Kasavar, yeah, he holds, benais mika boy in Shimur, this Gishmak. He says, you know when you need classroom management? For boys. Girls are a little bit easier to handle. And, and therefore, what are you going to say to somebody who teaches girls, Tyra? How can they take payment? You don't need the classroom management. Okay? As somebody once came over to me in shul, during Kiddush, and he says, Rabbi, I'll give you my two boys for your five girls. <laughs> His kids were running around shul during, <laughs> during the happening in the morning. He said, I'll give you two boys for five girls. Yeah? All right. I told them, I said, you just wait till they're adolescents. There's enough drama uh, there too. But be it as it may, the Gemara is asking that especially at a younger age, the girls aren't, they're not used to running outside and being villed and, you know, uh, so on and so forth. So what right would the teacher of young girls have right to uh, take payment? And therefore, he says, it's got to be because of the trap, which applies to everybody, boys and girls. 
Says the Gemara, okay, okay, fine. Ulamanda Omar Shimur, according to the according to Rav, who says that Rebbe takes payment for the classroom management, and it's not because of the trap. My time, the Amar What issue does he have with that logic? He says, Kasavar, he holds Pisuk Ta'amim Dairaisa. He is incredible. He holds that the trap is actually Midairaisa. It's sourced from the Tyra, which we're going to get into right now. How do, how do we find sources for the trap Midairaisa? And if it's biblical, ready for this, you can't charge for that the same way you can't charge for any other time. See, he holds you actually cannot take payment for a truck because it's not something extra and additional that came later on that you're allowed to charge for. No, it was also given to us from Maishe Rabbeinu at Harsinai. So if you teach truck to somebody, you cannot take payment unless it has to do with classroom management. Now, says the Gemara, incredible. The Yomar Avika Barovin, Omar of Hananel Amarav. My dechsev was subshat in the pasuk which says, "Vayikru vasefer b'sayras elikim mefirash." They read in the Torah, "Banish shalom mefirash." Clearly, the same seichel, and they placed their seichel v'yavinu ba mikra, and they understood the the mikra. They understood the pasuk. And what does that mean? Vayikru b'sefer b'sayras elikim. What does it mean? They read from the seiras shalom mikra. That's referring to teire chumish mefirash. Clearly, zeh targum. Referring to the explanation of the Torah. The Saim Sechel, and to uh, place the Sechel, place the knowledge. Elu Hapsukim. This is referring to Psukim. Now, what does it mean, Psukim? If you look in a Sefer Torah, there's no periods. There's no period in between each Pasuk. So some people, if you don't know, you just keep reading it, do, 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 one verse, and you could end up with a whole crumb and twisted understanding of what the Torah wants. You have to know where to stop. So what does it mean, v'saim uh, seichel, to listen to the seichel, listen to the logic behind it, the knowledge behind it. This is referring to the splitting up of the psukim, which means when we read the Torah, Ezra HaSeifer, who this pasuk is referring to, he, he stopped at the end of each pasuk to teach where each pasuk ends. And now, once they got the periods in, and they knew where to start and stop, they understood the psukim in the Torah, this is referring to the trup. Meaning, when Ezra Seifer leaned from the Torah, he used the proper trup. Now, when you use trup, as we explained, listen, again, for us in America, in the United States, it's hard, because we don't, you know, we're, we're, we hear trup, unfortunately, only on Shabbos morning, but in our Yisrael, again, they have a lot more knowledge of the trup. Well, if you start studying trup, you realize trup gives explanation and interpretation and meaning to the words. The Amrila, and some say Elu HaMesiris is referring to the Messiah. Sometimes you have certain words that are supposed to be read a certain way, even though it's written differently and vice versa. So um, you see there's an opinion that the trup, even the trup, is of biblical origin. And therefore, Rav says, you cannot charge for trup. Aye, so what's a Rebbe being paid for? Classroom management. Beautiful. Period. End of that clarification. Now, what we're walking away with now is that the, you know, there is a machlaikas. We had a machlaikas earlier on as far as, far as what the payment actually, uh, what it should be for. Uh, Rav says... Again, that it's for the, uh, for the classroom management. And Rechanan said it was for the teaching of the trup. Each one has a reason why they feel their approach is better. But ultimately, we don't have a proof one way or the other. 
Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says, Mikra Seifer. Uh, uh, Mikra okay. Reading of Seifer. Seifer is, is um, the, the way that a Seifer writes something. The way that a Seifer writes something, okay, um, which is, you know, to mark off exactly what everything is. The Itur, Seifer. So the, the Mikra, the reading of something, is brought to us by this Seifer, referring to the Chachamim. And also the Itur, which is the, we'll call it the uh, um, added ideas that are necessary to be brought out. Okay? Also, Seifer. It's also from Chazal. The Karyon, and what we read, the like Sivan, sometimes are words that are not even written. You'll find that in the Torah, and you find that in Navi. Sometimes there'll be a word that you read it like that, and it's written completely different. Very in, in Megillas Esther, you have this a number of times. In the Torah as well, it, it, it comes up. Ukasvinon, velaykarina. Sometimes you have a word, the way it's written, and you don't read, uh, you don't read it like that at all. Halacha l'mayshemisinai. And all these things are known because Maisha Rabbeinu taught us at Har Sinai. So again, the reading of it, which means how to pronounce it, is midrabonim. Is, is from the Chacham. The, the, call it the added-ons to explain are also from the Chacham. The Karyon, but like Sivan, Sivan, like Karyon, Halakha, I'm saying it's from the Chacham, but really what we're saying is it's not written in the Torah, but it was given by Maisha Benu at Sinai. It's not like a Din Rabbanon. It's actually much stronger than a Din Rabbanon. Maisha Benu taught all these things on Har Sinai. Mikra Seifrim. Now, what does it mean, Mikra Seifrim? How to read something uh, in the Seifrim? Sometimes it says uh, Eretz or Aretz. Okay? There's a, there's a difference in uh, how to read the word. Sometimes uh, it's Eretz or sometimes it is Aretz. All right. Now, how do you know when to say Eretz and when to say Aretz? That was given over. Allah Shamayim, Shamayim, and Mitzrayim. Okay, so maybe it's Shamayim and Mitzrayim. Shamayim and Mitzrayim. I know it's Shamayim and Mitzrayim. That's also Allah Shamayim. Itor Seifrim. What are these called these adids? Achar ta'avayru. Avram Avinu, when the Malachim were approaching him, he says to his tent, he says, listen, you'll, I'll, I'll give you food. And then you'll keep walking on. You also find Achar Telech. Then she's, uh, then she'll go. Achar Teyosef. And then she'll be, uh, she'll be gathered. I lost the place, I'm sorry. Kidmu Sarim Achar Naigim. For Kidmu Sharim, first those who sang went, uh, went, Achar, and afterwards, Naginim, those who were Minagnim, those who sang, uh, went behind them. Okay. Tzidkoscha Kehare Kel. Tzidkoscha, you're right, just Kehare Kel is like the, it's like the strong mountains. Now, these extra words that of description, these are more, that's the, the word really we should be using here. These more descriptive words, that uh, should be put in also are, th- this is called the uh, Itor Seifrim. They were, I mean, then you're going to go. 
or achar telech, and then afterwards she's afterwards she's going to go kid So you could have just said they came before. Why do you got to you know uh, write something and add a word in in a way where it's not really telling me uh, anything extra? So some the the gemara here is explaining sometimes just to make it call it more poetic or or just easier within our own vocabulary. The Torah will will uh, use these expressions. Sometimes in the Torah, you have words that are read, and it's not even written. For example, paras de belechtai. The word paras, which is referring to the Euphrates River, it says that Davar um, Amalek uh, went belechtai when he went to paras. Okay. Now, if you look in the pasuk, the word paras isn't there. But we know where he went. Ish, de bashar yishal ish, bidvar lekim. The word ish, when it says that, you know, uh, uh, the same way a person will go and ask from their Bashem also, that word's extra. Ba'im, de benivnesa. The word ba'im, to come in, when it's referring to benivnesa, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, uh, where the Yerushalayim is being built for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. La, de plata, the word la, in the word plata. S, do hugad hugad, the word S in the Pasuk of hugad hugad, a lie, the hagairan, the word a lie in the Pasuk referring to the gairan, this is when Rus went down to the granary, so Bayaz will notice her. A lie, the sairim, the word a lie in the Pasuk of sairim, he gave it to me. Didn't he say give it? He could have said he just gave it. Holland karyon like Sivan. All these words are karyon, they're red. The like Sivan, but they are not really written in the original script. Uksivan Vilaikaryan. And here's some examples of things that are Ksivan that are writ that are written Vilaikaryan, but we don't read it. For example, na the word na in de Vayislach. The word na in Vayislach. Okay? Um, where uh, we say the word na. I'm sorry, the, the, we don't say it. It's written there. But, you're, but uh, we leave the word na out. See, there you have a word that's written, but again, it's not read. Also, another example is going to be top of tomorrow's daf. Zeis de ha-mitzvah. The word zeis in ha-mitzvah. Um, uh, yadrech de hadairech. Chomish de pa'as negev. The, the, the word chomish, it says the word uh, uh, five, referring to 500, in pa'as negev, in the southern side. Im de bechigayel. All these words are there in the Pasuk, but they are not meant to be read. All right, bottom line is, bottom line is, we have a number of different spots in the Torah. Sometimes it's written, sometimes it's not read. Sometimes it's read, and other times it's not, it's not uh, written. Sometimes the words are there to give, um, to give a kind of embellishment, to give something, uh, an, an additional idea. And also, how to properly pronounce something. He says, you should know, th- these aren't just like misoras that are passed down more recent. All of these were taught directly from Maishu Rabbeinu's mouth at Harsinai. And Bez Shem will hold it here for today. Bez Shem, tomorrow we will pick up from here. We really have a fascinating, fascinating daf. A lot of drushas on tomorrow's daf. And uh, we, will, uh, we will pick up from Omar of Achabar Adabesham tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Agutin, Erev Shabbos, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.